Good morning. Peace be with you. I'm going to direct your attention to our bulletin and the announcements in the yellow sheet. Um, this would be also in, the, in between the yellow sheet, but Tuesday the 6th is an important day. So please uh, make sure you uh, exercise your right and your privilege and your responsibility to vote. And that's about as political as I'm going to get, uh, and as I should. Um, we also have the opportunity to serve our community, uh, the people in and around it that will come and be posting, uh, casting their ballots. And so I would invite anybody that would like to come by and uh, serve cookies and greet people and, and so forth uh, uh, to do so. So um, please uh, check in with uh, me or the office as to what our needs are, but we're always in need of cookies and, and things like that. Um, the neighbors seem to really enjoy it, and I don't know that it has translated into membership here. However, that's not our, our whole goal. Our goal is to be Christ um, to a community. And so um, we never know what kind of impression we make by a, a cookie, uh, a smile, a cup of coffee, and some conversation. And I know that we have some wonderful uh, disciples there that spend a lot of time talking with people. And people remember that. Many years later, they uh, remember conversations. And it's even more fun when um, the two reconnect, and Eldred would be able to tell you all about that. In fact, I'm going to have Eldred come up and, t no, I'm not. <laughs> I love to tease you that way, but, but Eldred is, um, she has got a fabulous memory, and people remember her, and sitting down, and, 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 and people just they go, well, a couple years ago, you talked to me. This was, we'll have to re-talk, because I don't know the entire story, but you brought real comfort to some lady, and she, um, well, well, now you're looking at me like, okay, okay. And Jackie does that, yep, 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 Miss Jackie. Uh, so we have the ministry in the marketplace. Susan does that. Anybody that is there is, is doing this. We all have the opportunity to, to uh, participate in this. So that is all I have to say about our Well, we don't, we don't call it Halloween, though, do we, Ed? <laughs> there we go. Which is another uh, topic on the Halloween, and I refrain from that. But no, it's not an evil holiday. No, we're not dressing up our children to go pray Satan or anything like that. But we call it the Harvest Festival and the Trunk or Treat. And we have a drive right now where we're collecting candy. And so if you have the opportunity to drop a bag off, we have a box in the sanctuary or, uh, or there, the, the narthex, and we have also in the um, uh, office a bucket that we can drop off those delightful little Reese's, all right? I hear the kids like Reese's, so... And I saw, I saw a picture, it said, uh, this is Martin Luther and his 95 Rhesus. And so, Rhesus. Pastor like Rhesus. Anyway, so that, anything else, Ed, what do we got now? We're okay? 
Very good. Adult education continues this uh, morning after church. We start um, chapter 9 of Romans, and thank you, Ed, and Jackie, and everybody that plowed through uh, chapter 8 last week, and so we'll get started on that today as well. Let us now stand and let us sing our opening hymn, which I know you know, which is A Mighty Fortress is Our God, page 229.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God will save us, will forgive our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and prayer, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. For these.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and deliver us in times of temptation. Defend us against all enemies and grant to your church your saving peace through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Our first reading this morning is from Revelation. You'll find it in chapter 14. And I'm going to be reading verse 6 and 7. And that's going to be in the Pew Bible if you have that in front of you on page 1928. 1928. Chapter 14, verse 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Our second reading will be found on page six in your bulletin. And I'd like for you to read Psalm 46, responsibly, and it's printed in your bulletin, I said, page six. So I'll start. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, do not fear the earth give way and mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river, streams make glad, the city of God, the holy place the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar, kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. Lord Almighty is with us, 
The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolation he has brought on earth. He makes the war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The next reading is from Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 28. And if you're using the Pew Bible in front of you, it's on page 1750, 1750. Romans 3. 19 through 28. Now, there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. Because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent, a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, yet set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priest, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once and for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son who has been made perfect forever. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. This morning our gospel comes from Matthew 11, verses 12 through 19, and is found on page 1513 of your pew Bible. Matthew records chapter 11, verse 12 through 19. 
from the days of John the Baptist until now. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. He who has ears, let him hear. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. This is the word of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. We got some truth bombs, some gospel bombs to, to throw out from the pulpit today. Some good news, some great news. Our opening was Revelation 14, verses 6 through 7. John's vision, he, he talks about the messages of the three angels, but the verses 6 through 7, <coughs> excuse me, refer to one. And that's when he said, Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead. It's, a, it's, a, it's an angel flying in mid-heaven. Think bird height or Cessna 172 height. Or, I mean, just cruising along with a message. an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and the worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. To some, that might not sound like gospel good news. Typically, we hear your sins are forgiven. Jesus died in your place. In, in, in your faith, which is a gift, saves you. And, and this is like that airplane going over the beach with pulling the sign that says, the end is near. They used to have back in the 60s, although I don't ever saw it, but I remember in the Peanuts um, 
comic books. They had the guys with the, the sandwich boards that would walk around, and they'd have some kind of hippie-looking guy, you know, with a beard, and it says, the end is near, right? You know, you ever remember any of that stuff? The end is near. That's not a really um, a provocative, welcoming gospel message, is it? It's just not. But we have to look into it this way. It does proclaim a couple of things that are good news. Number one, um, as he's flying in mid-heaven with the gospel to proclaim good news with, good news with some somber news of judgment. Don't we already know that? Isn't that why we start from the beginning in our service with confession? And then that's our repentance and then absolution. Isn't that the way of the Christian's life day after day, many times during the day? As the waves sweep up on the beach, so is our relationship with our Lord of confession, of repentance, and then forgiveness of sins. You might look at it this way, that this, this angel is saying, the jig is up. Today is the day, now. But John the Baptist did the same thing, and we're going to talk about him. But as we know, because of this book, this beautiful book, and don't we love the ending? We win. He wins for us. But the last book of, or the, the written book in this book is, he's coming. He came like a lamb the first time. Now he's coming like a lion. So this is good news that we read in Revelation 14, 6 through 7. But it's news that needs to be heeded and needs to be responded to. Now the Romans reading, we hear that these are the gospel bombs, the truth bombs that I, that I wanted to throw out. So Romans 3, 19 through 28. In 19, it says, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. That's what the law does. Does the law save? No. The law gives you stay in this lane at this speed. Okay? The second part is this, for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. In the last few weeks, we had the wise, well, not so wise, but we had the rich young man who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be inherit? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And we know you don't in, do anything to inherit, right? It's a gift. So we know that there are no works that will save us, even though the young wealthy man said, I have been abiding by that law of Moses all this time. And Jesus listed 
the things that we do unto other people. Not what we do for God, but unto other people. So in other words, I've never committed adultery and I haven't killed anybody. And this was probably, as I said earlier uh, in the last, uh, last week, that people knew who he was. And, you know, he, so he probably was a pretty good guy as far as good guys go. But it wasn't enough, and that's what Jesus was telling him, and he's telling us. Being good, following the law the best that you can isn't enough to inherit. You have to, you have to receive the gift. Paul continues to write after that, since we know about sin and, and the law comes to give us knowledge of the sin, that mirror, you've heard that. The law is like a mirror to look at it and you go, ooh, I do not measure up. Paul says the righteousness of God comes through faith. The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Here's another truth bomb. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. There is no distinction. The distinction is is this. For all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Again, my job as pastor from this pulpit is at the very least to tell those who hear, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. Because we are dead forever without Jesus. We may say, well, I'm nice, or I vote, or I pay my taxes on time, or I have raised a family that has been healthy and I've done all the things that I'm supposed to do, but that doesn't get us into heaven. Like the wealthy young man, his, if the qualifications of a person is just wealth, if the qualifications of a person is just being nice, and not breaking lots of the laws, or at least the ones that people see, that does not give you entrance into heaven. Amen? Right, okay. So my job is to say, you need Jesus. Anyone listening to this, you need Jesus. My second part of my job from the proclamation pulpit here is to say, this is what Jesus has done for you. And oh, has he done much for us. We get the word in here, (coughs) excuse me, propitiation. You've heard that, I'm sure, especially when you were in confirmation class. Propitiation. Propitiation is, means that in place of, Jesus is, was our propitiation. He took our place on that cross. He took our sin upon him and he put it away forever. It's more than just he took our punishment. He gave us life through his death. That's what he did for us. Propitiation. Now, here's the thing about being a propitiation. Somebody said, well, you know, I might die for my son or my wife or something like that. Okay, it's not the same thing. A propitiation, in order for it to be effective, is first of all, the object of the propitiation, Jesus had to agree with the Father and say, yes, I do this. And the father who was due, owed the debt has to say, yes, this will suffice. So both parties have to agree that 
yes, it pays the bill, and yes, I'm, I'm in it. It wouldn't have worked if Jesus went up there kicking and screaming, and he didn't, like a lamb to slaughter. Jesus did that for you. I might die for somebody I love. I don't think I could do it quietly. I might allow somebody to beat me and say, prophesy who hit me in the face and spit and curse at me, but I don't think I would do it lovingly. Would you? Could you? Would you have the tenacity and the love to say, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do? Not me not in my nature. Is it in yours? Sometimes. Maybe if I'm at my best, had a nice meal, well rested, my stress levels. This is what Jesus does and continues to do for us. Paul says, What becomes of our boasting? Do we boast in law or do we boast by works? He says, no. What we hold on to is that one is justified by faith apart for works of the law. In other words, we inherited gift of eternal life. We inherited the kingdom by what he did in that gift of faith. So now we're under the law of faith, and faith says believe. Repent. Faith, the law of faith says, you're already in. The faith, law of faith is what Jesus said, and he said, it is finished. Jesus already did this for for us. We do not add to it. And yet, the world does. Finally, in our gospel from Matthew, isn't it ironic that we're never satisfied? In the past, a title of a sermon was Enough, and Jesus is enough. But the people at the time and the people today, he's not enough. When Jesus came on the scene, and people saw John the Baptist, they were mad. They were, he was kind of uh, acidic the way that he was. I mean, this guy camped all the time out in the desert. He ate bugs. He wore skins, wild honey. He was unkept. He certainly was not, what do we call that, GQ, Gentleman's Quarterly, right? He was abhorrent. They said he had a demon in him. And then here comes Jesus, who doesn't have any restrictions to what he eats and who he associates with. And they say he's a drunk and a glutton who eats with sinners. God sent these two and others to proclaim like the eternal gospel flying in mid-heaven angel. John's message was, repent. The kingdom is near. 
Jesus came and told us exactly what to do. It just is with the with the rich young man. One thing that you lack, your faith is in your money. Give your wealth. Give everything that you possess. Sell it and give the money to the poor. And then follow me. He gave him the recipe for what he wanted, but it wasn't what he wanted to hear. He wanted to be a transaction whereupon he wouldn't have to give up what he thought was important. How unlike us. And Jesus says, what do I compare you generation? And the generation of Jesus' day was that they had ears to hear as we do too. They had ears to hear and opportunities to hear, but they didn't hear. Time and time again, we, we see this. The, the Pharisees are questioning Jesus. They're questioning God, the word, about the word. And he's schooling them, not in an in a abhorrent way or a, a on-top-of-you kind of way, but he, if they just asked the right questions... And he still gave them the answers in love, but their intent was to kill him. They had eyes to see and ears to hear, and yet they didn't respond. The pleas of John the the Baptist were, repent of your sins. And the people couldn't escape the sound of the voice of God's messengers. And they even rejected the Lord's message. In other words, they heard the message. And in today's society, we hear the message. All have heard the name of Jesus in these United States. They, like us, who are in disbelief, disapproved of the way Jesus lived. And that's why Jesus compared him to little children in the marketplace. He said, their little children are out there and they're playing a game. Did you hear that part where they're playing the flute and you, know, and you didn't dance and then we played a funeral dirge? Well, that's what they were doing. They're playing a game. They called to other children and said, come on, let's dance. We're playing a game. You know, Come and play this game. And the other said, no, I don't want to play that game. Let's play funeral game. And so then they played the funeral dirge and, and they didn't even get up and dance to that. They didn't want what was being offered They're impossible to please. Impossible to please. And some are impossible to please this day. However, the good news is this. Is that as we read in here that that wisdom proves herself. Jesus' words that he proclaimed were proven as well. Yes, Jesus ate and drank with sinners. When he came here, he said, I didn't come for the good people. I came for those that are sick. Came for those that need Jesus. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. They needed Jesus. And the second part of his sermon from the pulpit as he walked around the land was, This is what Jesus has done for you. And he reminds them through Old Testament 
what has been done, how the people have been delivered, the prophecies that were coming. All along, somebody in the wilderness was saying, he's coming. The voice crying out in the wilderness, he's coming. And Jesus is here saying, this is what has been done. He lived a sinless life, didn't he? So that when people pointed at him and said, he's a drunk, he's gluttonous, they couldn't pin that on him. It wasn't true. They couldn't point to a single sin he committed. In fact, in order to have him killed, they had to get false witnesses in what was tantamount to a kangaroo court at night, didn't they? He was without sin, right? They had to make it up. His life spoke and proclaimed what he was all about. He went on doing good in all of the land. And then we get back to John the Baptist. John the Baptist has been crying out in the wilderness, behold, the kingdom is near. There's one coming. I can't even tie his sandals, right? Can't even put his flip-flops on him. And even John the Baptist, after Jesus had said of man born of woman, none is greater than John the Baptist, but John the Baptist is about to lose his head, and he calls for his disciples to go and talk to Jesus, and Jesus answers him here like this. He says, tell John that the sick are being healed, and that demons are being cast out, and the deaf hear, and the blind see, and the lame walk. That's what Jesus was doing. He was healing people. He was giving them gifts they didn't deserve. The last part of my proclamation from the pulpit needs to invite you and point to you and say, here's Jesus. Here's Jesus in the font, baptismal font. Here's Jesus in the sacrament that we are all going to come and partake of. Here's Jesus in God's holy word. And Christian, here's Jesus in your hearts. In your words, in your interactions in the marketplace, here's Jesus. And we know that the wisdom that he proclaimed literally changed the world and is continuing to do so. Jesus' actions, they speak for themselves. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He is our mighty fortress. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand? Let us now confess corporately together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. For the whole church of God in Jesus Christ and for all people in accordance to their needs. Mighty fortress, rock of refuge, hear today our prayers for your whole church. Deliver her from every error that would cloud the joy of your salvation. Preserve in her the proclamation of the eternal gospel. Make it resound to every nation and tribe, people, and language. That its mighty power might bring all to fear you and give you the glory. Lord, in your mercy. Mighty fortress, rock of refuge. Hear today our prayers for all ministers of the word. Help them to proclaim your law in such a way that every excuse is stripped from the mouths of their, heart, of their hearers and all are held accountable to God. Help them to proclaim your gospel that they may know Jesus Christ as their sole righteousness before you the propitiation you have set forward by his blood to be received by faith. Lord, in your mercy, mighty fortress rock of refuge, hear today our prayers for all who bear civic authority in our land. Bless our president and Congress, our justices and magistrates, and all who serve. Protect them from the temptations that beset their offices and impart to them wisdom and courage. Lord, in your mercy, mighty fortress, rock of refuge, hear today our prayers for all who know the bondage of sin and yet imagine themselves free. Open their eyes by the words of Jesus and grant them the true freedom of sonship and a permanent place in your household through him, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Mighty fortress, rock of refuge, hear today our prayers for all 
who cry to you for healing in body or mind, heart or soul. And especially, Father, we lift up our brothers and sisters in Pittsburgh who suffered terror at the hands of of a servant of evil. Have mercy upon each one. And in your own time and way, grant them release from their afflictions, from their pain, from their sorrow. Sustain their confidence and hope in the full and final healing that awaits the day of our Lord's appearing and the resurrection of the body. Lord, in your mercy. Mighty fortress, a rock of refuge. Hear today our prayers for all who have come to the altar to partake of Christ's own body and blood for the forgiveness of their sins, the propitiation which you provide for us in his blood. Grant the gifts of repentance and faith and by the power of your spirit, the intention to amend their lives and align them with your will and purpose. Lord, in your mercy, mighty fortress, rock of refuge. Your people have sheltered in you from age to age. Receive our thanks for all your servants that you have, that who have departed this life in your fear and friendship. We especially bless you today for the great reformers of your church who ever call us back to the gospel and to the righteousness we have in Christ alone. Keep us in fellowship with them and bring us at last by your truth to the heavenly home and the joy of seeing our Redeemer face to face. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace.
Will you please stand? Pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. With these gifts, with them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he gave thanks, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup, that we proclaim to a world that needs to hear this. And that is that Christ was born. Christ lived. Christ was crucified. And Christ was resurrected. And Christ is coming again. Let's now pray the perfect prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom. We 
We need Jesus. We've been told and we can read what Jesus has done for us and continues to do. And I invite you to come to the table because it's prepared. Here is Jesus. You may be seated and the ushers will bring you up.
Will you please stand? We live in evil times. And uh, Christ would say, don't give up hope. But I have overcome the world and the one who has authority in it. And it's times like this that as your pastor and as a man, as a father, as a husband, um, I have to say that we need to pray. I have to say we need to forgive even an evil person like the one that perpetrated that. I pray that you would keep those people, those families, that community, and this nation in your prayers. In Deuteronomy, in the men's group yesterday, we looked it up, but um, the Lord says that if the people will repent and humble themselves, I will heal their country. Not a very good paraphrase, but basically that's what it says. At times now, we're so puffed up and prideful as a country. And we are a good country. But there is evil. And we need to squash it out and speak of it. Let us have our thoughts and our hearts on those that are suffering now. And now the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is Christ Be Our Light on page 7.